Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pardon My Pancreas. My name is Matt Vandevecht, and I'm a certified trainer and nutritionist, one of your hosts today, and the other host is Ali Abdul Karim. He is a social media influencer, an incredible guy, and we are both type 1 diabetics here to share our knowledge and experiences with you. We occasionally interview people that are very knowledgeable in the diabetic world, sometimes doctors, sometimes influencers, people living with it. And this episode is brought to you by FTF Warrior, an online health coaching company for diabetics. And we will go further by saying this is not medical advice in any manner. We are not doctors. We will never be doctors. And nothing said on this podcast is meant to replace your doctor's order. So consult your doctors before you make changes. Without any further ado, let's get into... What's up, Pardon My Pancreas listeners? Today we've got an exciting guest on who's going to share with us a bit about Children's Congress, uh, advocacy with JDRF, and his own experiences. Today we have Andrew and his mom on today with the podcast. Thank you, Andrew, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Children's Congress. What can you tell me about it? What is it? Um, Children's Congress is a meetup where the kids who are selected out of thousands so out of a thousand, 160 kids are picked, and those kids meet up in Washington D.C. and they get to talk to their congressmen and women and their representatives for their districts and can get give them some like knowledge on type one diabetes. For them, like some of them don't know much about it, and if they know about it, then they can like help make it better. And it's like it's the job of the person going to make the representative aware of type 1 diabetes and so that they can help with the cause. So it sounds like it's the job of these kids to shape the nation's leader's mind. It is. Mm -hmm. That's a really big responsibility. (laughs) Yeah, whenever you have time to come in contact with them, you should always use the opportunity so that you can spread the knowledge and if you do so, then the cause will get out there and it will be a lot more effective than Mm -hmm. rather you not yeah. So it's my understanding that of the thousand people that applied and of the 160 people that got picked, that you are one of them. Yes, I was picked fortunately this year. I think this is my fifth time that I had an application to be picked, and I was fortunately picked, and I'm going over the summer, and I'll be talking with my representative, and over there, um, I'll discuss the Diabetes Caucus. I'll ask him if maybe he'll join, but uh, my main point is that he becomes aware of type 1 diabetes. Yeah, mm-hmm. spreading awareness is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people need to spend more time doing mm-hmm. that, because yep. I'll be honest, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't know the difference between type 1 and type 2. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it meant mm-hmm. to be type 1 diabetic. So it's important. I'm really happy that you're doing that. Mm-hmm. I think that you are uh, already a better leader than most people. You're, you're taking it upon yourself to go all the way to where? I didn't ask yet, but it's D.C., right? Yes, Washington, mm-hmm. All the way to Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Wow. To talk to our representative, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you thinking about that? Are you nervous or excited? Um, mixed emotions. It's mostly just me being excited because if I actually got them to be knowledgeable and to like just know what to do, then it would lead to a better cause and the more people who are aware the more precautions that they can tell people to take and it would help people to stay safe and know what to do with type 1. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned the caucus before. Are you able to explain that? Um, the Type 1 caucus is a group of council people and representatives and congress people who, are, who meet because they have the same goal and purpose as they want to spread the awareness of type 1 diabetes and they all meet around and their goal is so that they can make sure that awareness gets around and I think, yeah, they meet in DC. That's awesome. There's all mm -hmm. sorts of caucuses, but the Table and Caucus does exist. The Diabetes Caucus is the largest caucus, too, in Congress. It is the largest caucus mm -hmm. in Congress. Wow. Mm -hmm. so it looks like we're off to a good start, then. Mm -hmm. Yes. Haven't been the largest mm -hmm. one. <laughs> so what's the thing you're going to talk to your representative about? What's the big thing? The I was SDP. curious about that, too. The Great S question. Right. The SDP. So there is a law reform called the SDP, and I hope that he approves it. What does the SDP stand for? Special Diabetes Program. And the Special Diabetes Program is actually kind of a two-pronged um, source of funding. The Every now and then you'd want to renew it. So if, it, if the um, SDP got renewed again, then that would mean that there would be a little bit more funding for people mm -hmm. to work for mm -hmm. trying to find a cure. Right. For, I believe it's every year it has to be renewed, right? Yes. For 20 years the SDP has been funded and $150 million goes to NIH and it's for funding for type 1 and they're doing everything from type 1 tech from the special diabetes program to um, funding um, research on um, retinopathy and complications of type 1 and the research is really produce tangible results so it's really critical mm -hmm. we don't want to see it interrupted so Andrew's going to go to Washington and talk to our representative about why the SDP needs to be renewed. And the other thing about the SDP is it provides $150 million for Native American communities and it provides research, education, and they've actually shown that this program has has helped drop the rates of you know, retinopathy and mm. um, the complications of, of type 2. So type you've got two. the type 1 yeah. and the type 2. Type 2 is more it's less serious as type 1, but you should still be aware of it. A lot more people mm -hmm. have type 2. Like, if mm -hmm. they see diabetes, the chances mm -hmm. are that they have two, type 2. If they're over the age of maybe 50, it's almost going to be guaranteed type 2. But mm -hmm. some people who have type 1 are, like, people who have type 1 just live to the same age. But um, type 1 is found in juveniles. It's when your body kills your pancreas, which... One of its minor functions is create a hormone called insulin, and insulin is what is activated by your body after you eat food and carbohydrates. Your body detects it, and then it releases insulin, and too little insulin for too many carbohydrates results in a low blood sugar, and too much carbohydrates and too little insulin, it just gives high blood sugar, which is also known as hypoglycemia. Anyway, so you're going and you're going to talk to our representative about the special diabetes program because that's something that JDR really advocates for, and that's your message is to go and try to get that funding 
to, for our representatives to support that. The more that. awareness that you can spread about type 1 diabetes leads to less confusion and more people knowing to what to do because some people might not even know what type 1 is or they might think that type 1 is some disease that they'll get and they'll die from it. But it's to give everyone a basis idea on what it is that leads to more funding and a better result. Right, and the good news is that a letter has already been circulating through the Senate and the House, and there's been a lot of people that have signed on to this letter in support. So the last effort to renew the SDP was a little bit drawn out because of politics. Maybe even... But um, this time around, I think it will be a much smoother process, and that's going to be your message to support it. It's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned uh, JDRF. That's they're a pretty big player in the the advocacy Mm -hmm. game and the nonprofit. Yes, Mm -hmm. it's one of their all-time ultimate goal goals. Besides Mm -hmm. finding a cure, it's probably their second highest Mm -hmm. one, which is why they host all these events and Mm -hmm. they spread knowledge for new families to type one diabetes who they're young have been diagnosed or some Mm -hmm. older people have been diagnosed then once you get diagnosed you get rushed to the hospital and you might know what the heck you do but once you're there you go through three days of learning what to do and it's like a knowledge outburst and GDRF kind of simplifies it and then it can lead to easier understanding which is what you want to say when you're spreading awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty complicated disease, so it's a lot easier when they can simplify it for us and say, like, just do step one, two, three, and it's going to be a lot easier. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We were actually talking about when he was diagnosed on the way over here, and we were recalling how we had to spend three days learning all this information. I was telling him how right. overwhelming it was, and we're functioning on so little sleep. And Yeah. I mean, was, like, once you find out you have type 1 diabetes, as soon as you get there, your blood sugar will be like 600. That's what I was when I was diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And um, that one, that first trip to the hospital, is it just determines if you'll live or not. Some people make it, like me, and others, like Casey, didn't, which was sad. Right. Well, there's that's why we need awareness about type 1. That's mm-hmm. why we yes, need Yes, I'll get the knowledge, like, you got to go, you got to go to get there, and that you got to, like, get the right supplies and manage them correctly in order to function. Right, so spreading awareness is good because there are the instances where you have a child that might be admitted or an adult admitted to the ER and and they think it's the For the people who are aware of it, they can provide advice for each other and they can get a better understanding of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think with that advocacy, mm-hmm. it also enables people to see that mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world right. when you get type 1 diabetes. You can right. still be an athlete. You can right. still uh, do just about everything. Right. There's a few jobs where you can't fully participate, but right. 99% of life is still totally livable. Definitely. And I think spreading that awareness and spreading the word that it's not as right. crazy as people make it out to be. It's a, it's a big challenge. It's a big burden to live with, but it definitely should not let you give up your hopes right. for what you want to do in life and yeah take precautions exactly but and enjoy the, life and the technology is getting better and better and oh it's incredible less of a less of a burden yeah we in the 60s there were insulin backpacks which are now pumps but it gets better as you've seen yep things I will get smaller too, yeah. it started better. with Frederick Banting discovering insulin mm-hmm. and Banting's a man yes, yes. <laughs> yes. 
and up until today where they used to take it out of pigs but today you can just go to your pharmacy and they'll provide you with it with ones like Novolog and all that stuff. So. True. We were seeing a picture of a massive pile of pig pancreases that they are taking insulin out of. And oh. Shocking how far we've come. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Now, how old were you when you were diagnosed? Three. Three. And how old are you now? I'm 12. 12. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that a blood sugar notification? It is. Yes. Oh, I'm probably going to beep two in a second. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, okay. uh, it's, it seems like you're doing not only incredible with your diabetes management, but also incredible in the community and for advocacy. I'm really excited for your trip, mm-hmm. and uh, I know you're going to do great over there. You're yeah, in my class. Yeah, like in my class, kids have asked me if my supplies are bombs and that sort of thing. But really, yeah, I used to have my dad's headphone case, and it, it um, was my artificial pancreas, and it. Um, kind of does look like a bomb but then a kid asked me that and I said but no because yeah. it's not right and then um, I've given multiple speeches and presentations to my classes wow and my classmates have an understanding of type 1 and then they tell their friends and then it goes on and a lot of kids in my classes know that I have type 1 mm-hmm. and th- like if someone messes around with your supplies awareness can help like make that factor die down yeah that's incredible mm-hmm. you are uh, not only involved but you are educating your peers mm-hmm. that's that's a big step definitely I know that when I was first diagnosed I was a little mm-hmm. bit fearful and embarrassed mm-hmm. and uh, it took me a little bit of time before I started telling even my friends mm-hmm. that I had diabetes mm-hmm. so yeah. the fact that you're educating your fellow at students at first everyone really, has, yeah at first, everyone assumes they have type 2, which is the kind mm-hmm. that they say, oh, you have it because you ate too many cupcakes, or that sort of thing. And yeah. everyone always jokes about it, and they say, you have diabetes, but it, it, they mostly are referring to type 2. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's frustrating because mm-hmm. they don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but after mm-hmm. they are aware of it, then they don't do that anymore, which mm-hmm. is a goal. Good. Mm-hmm. That's a great goal to have set. Yep. So we're just educating and... Trying to make people aware. Yeah. And is mom going on the trip with him? I will be going. We will be going with um, my husband and our other daughter and his twin sister. So we'll all be going. Um, Andrew's the one primarily participating. And um, it'll be us and 159 of our closest diabetes on the hill. And we'll be getting training on talking to our member of Congress. And then we'll branch out and we'll be talking to them and hopefully possibly meeting up with some other government um, representatives, maybe some maybe even members the Speaker of the House. House. Maybe some senators, we hope. And we've had some other, um, I think they had the president there one year. I think they've had wow. other, the vice president maybe. That would be great. But we'd love to just talk with their representative and increase awareness. Yeah, get the ball rolling mm-hmm. on these new movements, definitely. get funding and yeah, definitely. And so, find that yeah. cure. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for sharing what's going on. I, I want to follow your journey. Is there a way that we can find out if the bill passed or um, what happened with it, the event? I believe that it will be publicly announced and then the press will catch up. If you follow Junior of Advocacy, they will be putting out a lot of um, social media posts about it. And, of yes. course, when we're at Children's They're Congress, we'll be putting out a lot of um, pictures and whatnot. But as the bill passes through... Um, 
do your advocacy is really good about updates and they have letters that you can generate an instant message to your member of Congress or your senator Ooh. urging them to request that they support the legislation. So That's really important. Yes, definitely. They and make it so easy. It takes a minute to fill out the form. Is and that on their main website? It should be. If you go, it's probably right on the front page. And okay. if not, then I, I always post it on my own personal Facebook yeah. page. And so easy. It makes a difference. And I wish everybody would do it. Yeah. So speaking of, everyone listening, go to JDRF.org and search out how you can find, download, and send that to your local Congress. That sounds like a great plan. You can also find out about some of the advocates who have their videos for mm-hmm. applying to Children's Congress. I have mine, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can find all the other ones Yeah, there. all the kids have a Facebook, not a Facebook page, but they, they all have a Children's Congress page, and they've got a video and a little bio and you're up there so that's wonderful so everybody go learn more about andrew on jdrf Mm -hmm. thank you what andrew there's one more thing before we let you go i like to end each episode with a little tip that you want to give our listeners on whether it's diabetes management or advocacy or whatever you like to tell them what's your your favorite tip every time you get a person who keeps disagreeing with you that Type, or like every time you find a person who has no idea what type 1 is or even type 2 if you know about it then you can inform them and then if they know what type 1 is then they might tell people and it starts a chain and then that'll get massive eventually and then all these new people are aware of type 1 and mm-hmm. just tell people a summary of type 1 diabetes and then they'll probably remember it mm-hmm. and they'll be aware of it. You might save a life from the process. Yep, Absolutely. It, you can possibly save a life. Mm-hmm. Well, that is some great advice. Thank you for that, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew mm-hmm. and Andrew's mom, for coming yeah, on the podcast today. Uh, that is it for us today, guys. Thanks for listening. Pardon my pancreas. Remember to subscribe, share the other episodes, and check out the other episodes. And as always, keep up the fight. <laughs>